Hello, everybody. This is uh, Firaz Maqsad. I am from the Middle East Institute in Washington, D.C., and an adjunct professor at George Washington University. With me on the line is Yasmin Farou, who is uh, from Carnegie Endowment, uh, and a good friend, I should say, but also a friend who's not afraid to take jabs at me every once in a while. So we should be having fun in this conversation, and that's what we plan to do. Hi, Yasmin. Hi, Faraz. I definitely count on having fun with you. All right, let's go. So I, I, read, your, I read your article about uh, President Biden's visit to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia last week. With great interest, it was published in the New York Times, and I'm sure it got a lot of attention. Uh, I think a good place to start this conversation about U.S. relations with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is the issue of human rights, which you reference uh, in your article, and which is a significant part of the discussion here in Washington, D.C. when talking about the kingdom. So I'm going to kick it off to you. Maybe you want to talk about what you mentioned in your article, the role that human rights, as you think, should play in the relationship with Saudi Arabia. And then I'm happy to respond uh, to that. And we can take the conversation to then talking about interests, what they are when it comes to the kingdom, what the relationship looked like, what it ought to look like, and maybe sort of some of the outcomes of this uh, summit. So I also read your article in Foreign Policy, and um, uh -oh. I think that, um, yeah, <laughs> I think what was common between your article and mine is that um, I and you, we tried to offer some concrete recommendations instead of just criticizing President Biden's U-turn on Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think we both, and that was what I said in my article, um, it's a fact that he didn't follow through with what he promised uh, during his campaign, uh, meaning precisely making Saudi Arabia a pariah. But maybe the difference between uh, your article and mine is that um, I try to still find a place for values in the bilateral relationship. I try to still uh, find ways for both governments to actually uh, work on the human rights issue while trying to approach it from a very uh, pragmatic and really grounded and realist approach that um, about things that could actually happen. And that would be of interest to both countries. So I basically talk in my article about cooperation when it comes to the digital transformation of Saudi Arabia, which also is linked to digital authoritarianism. Uh, as I mentioned in my article and as is mentioned elsewhere, uh, the issue of digital authoritarianism in Saudi Arabia has taken uh, huge dimensions, including uh, transnational authoritarianism. Uh, at the same time, Saudi Arabia really wants to cooperate uh, on technology uh, and digital transformation with the United States. And I find this um, a good place to start uh, yep. when it comes to uh, finding a place for values, for protecting yep. human rights. Yeah, yes, uh, I mean, right? a reminder that we only have two minutes left or two and a half minutes left on this call. So if you allow me to quickly jump in, and I think, yes, we, there there is a divergence. So there is space between us on the issue of values um, and the question of how much we ought to be projecting American values uh, in, an, in in our foreign policy. Um, I think it's a difficult question, not only when it comes to Saudi Arabia, although uh, Saudi Arabia seems to uh, carry a disproportionate amount of the attention when it comes to that. It's nice to have foreign policy problems or issues like Ukraine, where America's values align almost uh, completely with its interests. But there are so many countries around the world where it just doesn't. I mean, Turkey, 
Turkey is a NATO partner, and we all know what the human rights uh, record looks like in Turkey, particularly when it comes to incarcerating journalists. India also so key in terms of containing China and the current party's record there in terms of uh, anti-Muslim sentiment and bigotry. We can talk about that. Singapore, too. There's a long list of countries. I think the argument is that we ought to be realistic with how much we can influence and change countries around the world to reflect our values versus having a place for values like President Biden did talk to the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia about Khashoggi. He said that very clearly as an American president, I need to bring that up. But then also move on to talk about key interests that we ought to promote. And, you know, when it comes to Saudi Arabia, we can start with energy, but also great power competition, the role of the Middle East in all that. Obviously, Saudi Arabia being central in the Arab and Muslim world. So, yes, we agree that values ought to be on the table. I think I'm just a bit more realistic in terms of how much that can end up shaping and controlling the debate. I am not saying that it's going to shape and control the debate. I mean, I agree with you that we need to be realistic, but I don't think we should move past human rights and values. I think we should move forward with human rights and values being part of this very important and strategic bilateral relationship for both parties. I Yes, I agree. And I think that's why we both give, I think, President Biden a break in terms of going to having to go to Saudi Arabia as part and you have to put it in the global context. I mean, the president has been um, to the Indo-Pacific region this year. He's also been to Europe as part of uh, certainly great power competition in light of Russia's war in Ukraine. He hosted the Summit of the Americas here in, in the U.S. in L.A. And so let's put his visit to the Middle East, both Israel and Saudi Arabia, in that global context. It's something he had to do. And you just could not have done it without going to Saudi Arabia. Oh, well, let's say human rights on Fushuki. Sure. 